Hi, welcome to NBA Unwrap, where we unwrap the hottest takes from around the NBA. Episode 29 is brought to you by FreeAgentsOnly.com. Are you looking for a date, a mate, or your MVP for life? Check out their clubhouse full of free agents looking for the same. Join their team when they launch in a few weeks and get in the game. This will be your winning destination, your number one dating site, and your social arena. Don't miss an inning, quarter, or period. Follow them on Twitter at FreeAgentsOnly and get off the sidelines. Hi, I'm Perry Aston, joined by Christian McGowan and Corbin Waterman. Say hi, guys. Hey, how y'all doing? Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in. So before we jump into a free agent edition podcast, just want to remind you to listen to our podcast on the Apple iTunes podcast app or on SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter at MBN Rap. You can follow me on Twitter at Perry Aston. Follow Corbin on Twitter at CorbinMRPK. Follow Christian on Twitter at McGowan75. So let's just jump right in. We're going to talk a lot of free agency today, starting with the King, LeBron James, and some crazy news, him going to Los Angeles, Paul George returning back to the Thunder, and so on. So let's just jump right in. Uh, let's start with LeBron James, guys. Corbin, I'm going to let you start off with this. I know you can't contain your excitement. We're all from L.A., but this is big news. So let's hear your thoughts on LeBron James coming to the Lakers, four years, $154 million. Yeah, so, I mean, there were rumors coming up. LeBron going to the Lakers, Paul George going back to the Thunder, and I was a little skeptical of each. I think what was so surprising with LeBron coming to the Lakers, we knew Brian Windhorst had reported from ESPN that LeBron wanted to make this decision quickly. It helped him out, helped his team out, because whatever team he was going to go to, if they knew early on, they'd have more free agents to pick from with trying to build the team around him. He made this announcement. There was a report that it was going to be on Tuesday, I think, July 3rd. And then all of a sudden, July 1st, first day of free agency at like 5.08 p.m., I have Adrian Wojnarowski's Twitter alerts on. And there's an alert from him, and it just says LeBron James has agreed to a four-year, $153.3 million contract at the Lakers. And this, this, is, this is four years, too. Remember, yeah, LeBron that, doesn't that, sign that, long-term that's deals. That was so surprising was how it was four years because... I think most people, and me included, thought that whether LeBron James was going to the Cavs or going to the Lakers or anywhere, it was going to be another one of his one-plus-one Yeah, exactly. The first year a player option for the second year. But to commit four years to the Lakers and to do that without knowing that another star player is coming, that speaks to the patience that he is going to have to have um, and the patience that... He's showing he's showing the Lakers front office that they don't have to rush into anything. Exactly. This shows that it's a long a long term play. And I know that everyone thinks, oh, he was only going to come if Kawhi Leonard was going to you know be there and they sealed the deal, or if Paul George was going to join him. He showed that it didn't matter the moves that they were making this second. And Magic Johnson was very clear that he would personally step away from his job if he wasn't able to land these marquee free agents, at least the ones that he had his eyes set on. Of course, LeBron James being the number one free agent you can land. The greatest free agent of all time. Exactly. So right now, it's Magic Johnson's doing his job, but he also did say that it would be a combination of this year and next. Everyone's got to remember that Kawhi Leonard is a free agent next year. So regardless if he gets traded anywhere, I know somebody on Twitter mentioned us today, and when I mentioned that the Raptors, there's small buzz around the league that they might be in small consideration for Kawhi Leonard now too. 
and we can talk about that a little bit if you wanted to, but regardless, I think it's all smoke and mirrors, and it's really the Spurs are going to have to get something back from him. He's not going to stay there long term, but they showed that they're in no rush. But I know that the Lakers are throwing quite a package at them, and if they want to wait until the trade deadline, they might not get too much. So that's the thing. I think the Lakers are playing this chess game as well. Magic Johnson's playing it very well. LeBron James is right there next to him, sitting there in the office, talking about these. LeBron, all- LeBron James is playing the chess game. Exactly. As well as else, because uh, it's if, him and Magic. If committing to four years instead of, I, I don't think everyone realizes how much more leverage the Lakers gained when he got four years rather than one. Exactly. If he had, if he had committed for just one year, it's, then the Spurs still have so much leverage over the Lakers. With, right. Because that's LeBron basically saying, look, you need to get another free agent in right. here or else I'm just going to bounce after after this year, but four years, Lakers can be as patient as they want. I know that you don't want to, you can kind of compare the Kawhi Leonard situation to the Paul George situation of a year ago where he was, there were reports that he was, quote, hell-bent on coming to the Lakers and that he was going to be there in a year, and now look what happened, and do they really want the same thing happening with Paul George? But at the same time... With Kawhi Leonard, Leonard, you mean? Yeah, this four-year... Commitment one Kawhi Leonard's a much better basketball player than Paul George. Nothing, nothing to take away from Paul George, but Kawhi Leonard's one of the top two, three best players in the league. I agree. I agree. Um, So the Lakers can afford to be patient. They have a really good young core, even with losing Julius Randle, which. I'm not too happy about that. We'll get into that in a minute. But but Um, this is the thing, Corbin. So for the Lakers. They get LeBron on the four-year deal. What they did besides that deal is four different one-year deals so far. And that's similar to what they were trying to do last year with that really inflated KCP deal that was only one year because they just had extra money to mess around with. So it was worth it. And now you see KCP, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, returning on a one-year $12 million deal, which is a little bit more affordable. So you see how he bought into the the culture of LA. They bought into him. He's a true two-way, two-way player. So we'll start with him, of course. And this was a guy that LeBron James wanted to stay there. And this is $12 million. You could have spent this elsewhere if you really wanted to. Trust me. Keep Julius Randle. Yeah, keep Julius Randle if you really wanted to. Uh, And then let's move on to the next one. With John Rondo, one year, $9 million. So that's another marquee free agent that, you know, LeBron clearly handpicked these guys. That's what he does. Yeah, so really quickly with the Rondo signing. So I think it's important that we get these signings in order of when they signed. So after LeBron James signed, they really quickly, it was probably 20, 30 minutes after LeBron's announcement that he was coming to the Lakers, the announcement came out that they had signed KCP to a one-year $12 million deal. And that's also important because he shares the same agent as LeBron James. That's kind of a goodwill deal to get him some more marketing in L.A. with LeBron there versus somewhere else. Uh, After that, they pretty quickly signed JaVale McGee to the league minimum one-year deal and Lance Stevenson to their mid-level exception one-year $4.3 million, which it's also important that they're all on one-year deals because the Lakers, understandably, are trying to stay flexible for next offseason. Right. But there are so many free agents that, marquee free agents that could be available. Um, but the Rajon Rondo signing, that was about a day later. The Lakers had met with Julius Randle, who at the time they still had his rights. Um, they had a cap hold of $12.4 million with him. They met with him, and reportedly they were saying that there was, um, that the Lakers made it clear to Julius Randle that his role was going to be diminished moving forward. Julius I wouldn't say, dimi- I wouldn't say diminished. So. That's a tough uh, word. I'd say reduced. Yeah, a reduced role. Yeah. And um, 
So he asked for the Lakers to renounce his rights. They did, and then they moved on to Rajon Rondo. And some people are going to point to, and rightfully so, question the Lakers' moves of bringing in players that really don't stretch the floor because LeBron James, in years past, he's played with players who can stretch the floor so that he can get well, the basket. I think Rondo's going to be on the court with Corlin. LeBron at the same time. And here, here's what I heard about the Lakers and what uh, why they signed these guys. LeBron James wanted to have a team that couldn't be more opposite than the Cavaliers team that he had last year. Oh, and, no, I was, I, was, I was getting... Right, well, was right and the thing seen. is, because of how young the Lakers are... These guys coming in right now, regardless if they can shoot or not, because they're going to figure out the shooting around them, they're bringing that veteran presence. They're bringing that playoff experience. They're bringing that grit off the bench to where these are guys that LeBron's going to play a ton of minutes. So they're going to be mixing them in with LeBron at times, without. And every one of these signings can come in, make a difference, be a leader at a certain time. And you see a guy like Rajon Rondo, who last year in the playoffs, he was fourth in the, uh, in the NBA in assists last year for the entire regular season. In the playoffs, he started setting records pretty much. He was going off. If they can take twenty assist game, he, 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 he averaged those like twelve point eight assists. Right, or something and, and, that, and that's something that you can't get from players that unless you've seen them and they're seasoned veterans and they're used to that long playoff run. And that's why he has the nickname of Playoff Rondo. You know, and Paul George, regardless of how he necessarily played last postseason, Playoff P. There's these guys; they have these nicknames for a reason. And JaVale McGee, I, when we talked about, this was about three or four podcasts ago when we were, you know, summing up the NBA Finals, he had one of the most efficient NBA postseason runs in history. And we were joking about it saying, yeah, that was the last name I really expected to see. But he was posting up high 70s for, you know, the percentage for his field goal percentage. And all his numbers were completely efficient. His plus minus was out of this world. So everything about JaVale McGee when it comes to playoff time, his numbers indicate that he is... Playoff Javel, I guess, if you want to say that. But at the yeah, same- no, I'm not. I'm trying to make the case for why these Lakers signings. You can still question them, but they're not quite as questionable. Yes, I think that it makes sense to build a different type of roster than he had in Cleveland because right. clearly that wasn't getting it done. With Rajon Rondo, he has improved his three point shot. He's still not a good three point shooter, but whoever's playing with LeBron James, they're going to get more open looks, open outside shots than they've ever gotten in their career. Lakers have shooters. They don't have an abundance of them, but they still have, I think, Kuzma shot around 38%. And, and, that, and, that's where the, and that's where the draft picks that they got really do make sense when you think about it, because if you're, exactly. looking, at, if you're looking at Summer League right now, Mo Wagner and Svi Makai... He's Mika- playing very well. Exactly, Svi Makai has been shooting the lights out. And, I mean, I know it's Summer League and people are going to point to that, but it's still encouraging to see... And then on top of that, you got Josh Hart, who another one looking really good in summer league. He shot the ball really well last year. Yeah. After the All Star break, he was averaging, I think it was around 16 points per game, with almost seven rebounds per game in 33 minutes a night, shooting, I believe it was 40 percent from three, 47 percent from the field. So he's someone I think will contribute off the bench. They got KCP, who's another shooter. Yeah, Rondo can't shoot too well. I think he shot around 33% from three last year. Lonzo's going to need to figure it out, but Lonzo he Lonzo had a very poor shooting stretch at the beginning of the season when he was healthy, and then the second half of the season, he shot the ball much better from everywhere, including three, but he was injured a lot too, so that's why his numbers, they looked pretty bad last year shooting-wise, but I think this year we're going to see Alonzo ball shooting around maybe 34, 35% from three, which that's good enough when you consider everything else that he does offensively and defensively. I think him with Rajon Rondo, um, 
there's some question as far as who's going to start Rondo or Lonzo Ball. It's going to be whoever's playing the best. I don't, I don't think. I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters. Yeah, I think no, they I split mi- split minutes regardless. Lonzo Ball, but having Rondo there, he is such an intelligent basketball player, and that's why you see how great he was in the playoffs when he was able to focus on just studying one team for an entire series. Right. How he was able to pick them apart. He's going to be able to impart that type of knowledge onto Lonzo Ball. Exactly. He's going to help the Lakers when it comes playoff time. Playoff he, time. They have other creators around LeBron, around LeBron Ball. Wow, I cannot speak. They have other <laughs> creators, playmakers for themselves and others around LeBron James that James really hasn't had with the exception of Kyrie Irving his entire Cleveland tenure. Lance Stevenson can create for himself and for others. Brandon Ingram. Uh, Josh Hart is improving with creating for others, but he can create his own shot. KCP. Lonzo Ball can definitely create for others. Rajon Rondo. Kyle Kuzma. There are so many more players that can create for themselves and for others on this Lakers roster than LeBron, you could argue, has ever had. Even when he was with Miami, yes, Wayne Wade and Chris Bosh could create their own shot, and Ray Allen when he was on the team, even Mario Chalmers to a lesser degree, but never in LeBron James's entire career has he had as many playmakers as he has with the Lakers right now, which I think speaks to how maybe we'll still see LeBron James being up there in terms of the top of the league and minutes played per game, but it's not going to be as taxing for him because the ball isn't going to have to be in his hands nearly as much. He isn't going to need to create for others the way as he has in the past, and that's going to save his legs for later on when he gets to the playoffs to where he'll have a lot more energy and a lot more left in the tank than he did in years previously. Yeah, and Christian, I want to talk to you about something you always mention with these teams, with signings, culture fit. And I know you're big on that. I want to talk to you about each one of these signings. And out of the five, including obviously LeBron James, where do you see this fitting in the culture that's already there? I'm not saying that there's necessarily an established culture in L.A., but you saw it last year with how close these young players are. And adding LeBron James there, really, JaVale McGee, Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo, bringing back KCP, what do you think this does for the culture in L.A.? It adds a lot more maturity and a lot more experience. I mean, Rajon is an NBA champion. He's made it all the way. Lance Stevenson was in the Eastern Conference Finals with LeBron, duking it out back in the day. And then you have LeBron, who's made it with you know, made it to the finals with every team he's played on. So they're bringing the experience that this young Laker core hasn't had because none of them have made it, you know, into the playoffs before. So they're going to be playing with guys who have been there before. Now they're at the tail of their career. They're not going to have as much in the tank. But like you said, Corbin, earlier, they can impart that knowledge. They can help groom these guys on the mental field while their physical talent helps, you know, grows as they go into their 20s, their later 20s. One thing that I was going to add was I really like how uh, pairing Rajon Rondo with Lonzo Ball I think he's such an intense player, and I think having he him is. with Lonzo Ball, he's either going to push Lonzo to new heights, or Lonzo's going to fold and act immature. And you know, and I feel comfortable with Rondo stepping in because ultimately we can move Lonzo Ball with LeBron James and how he stretches the floor. We could move Lonzo Ball now because LeBron does. I think at this point, any of these young players in reality could be moved, and outside you can of- figure it out. You know, I mean, you could say outside anyone, but in reality. If you just pair Ingram with someone, or if you just pair Kuzma with someone, or if you just pair Alonzo with someone, for the right haul, you're going to justify it, plain and simple. You have LeBron James there. This is more of a win-now scenario than we've been looking at 
for the last year or two. And before that, it was just Kobe Bryant riding off into the sunset and how bad we were going to be and when at some point this was going to happen. Magic Johnson's here, Rob Palenka. It seems like they're the saviors and the young core they've drafted so well. And think about the Warriors who drafted so damn well. Look at the team they have right now. Of course, uh, Kevin Durant joining them. But most of the players that they have that are all-stars, they actually drafted them, groomed them within the franchise. So that's step one. And I really love these you know, additions to the team, especially since they're one-year deals. Keeps the flexibility open. Another team that obviously does this too pretty well is the 76ers lately. Not as big, but just with, you know, Amir Johnson and J.J. Redick signing one-year deals last year and signing them again this year. You're seeing this is becoming the thing in the NBA. And I was absolutely shocked with DeAndre Jordan, you know, not taking you know, necessarily a bigger contract, a longer term deal. But like we said, that was just one example of right here, one year deals, go attack the you know market next year when the money is really out there. Because unless you were a marquee free agent right in the beginning, getting those massive contracts or getting an extension with the team that you were already on that has a lot of cap space, if you, you know, weren't signed right away, the money kind of dried up and you had to rather wait a long time and wait for a team to swoop in for you and force another team's hand just like Zach Levine did with waiting and waiting and waiting and the Kings finally offering him a big offer sheet and forcing the Bulls you know, hand and having to give him the money that he wanted. It's very Nets-esque. So... You know, the money just really isn't there unless you're in the proper situation. For a lot of these guys just looking for a new team, they're going to have to take these shorter one-year, two-year deals for lower money and attack the market when it improves. But let's move on to a guy who didn't want to attack the market, Paul George, going back to the Thunder, four years, $137 million. I'm not going to let Corbin rant too much about this because I know he mentioned if he doesn't come back. This was, I think, one podcast ago. You said if Paul George doesn't return to the Lakers on a free agent edition, Perry, you're going to have to run with that episode. I uh, remember well, quote, I quote on quote. LeBron was coming without him. But, yeah. Uh, just one oh, thing I also didn't think LeBron was coming without him. Was that, the, was that it? Yeah. Well, one thing on Paul George, though, really quickly, it. I think it surprised me more that he didn't even – test free agency more than him returning to OKC. Magic Johnson didn't even have a chance to speak to him yeah, no, that's no been over. For, someone, for someone who was so, quote, hell-bent on coming to the Lakers and who wanted to play for his hometown team that he grew up idolizing so badly, yeah. for him to not even go into a meeting with them and just hear what they had to say, that's what was so surprising for me. Right. I mean, if he had his mind set up or had his mind made that, yeah, I'm coming back to the Thunder no matter what, then yeah, why prolong the process? Corbin, but- Corbin, that's the thing. It was shown that he, he did have his mind up for a while. Reports that I read afterwards was that he actually knew this for a long time, told Thunder front office, told everyone that he needed to tell a good amount of time. I can't tell you exactly how much time it wasn't necessarily in there, but it was a good amount of time, and they've been running, operating as if he was re-signing for a long time with their sign. And I'm not saying that their signings are smart. They're going to have the most expensive luxury tax bill uh, in history. We'll talk about that right, you know, pretty much right now. Let's just talk about that. They signed a lot of, you know, brought back this team. They want to run it back. And Carmelo Anthony signed, he opted back into the last year of his contract. They are facing the largest luxury tax bill in history. And it's out of this world, the numbers that they're going for. So let's talk Carmelo and kind of what they're going to have to do with him to create any sort of money. They don't 
obviously see him fitting there. He's already attacking free agency like he's a free agent. So, Corbin, I'll start with you with what you think is the best scenario in regards to a trade or a buyout, and we'll move on to where we think he might land afterwards, but I just want to hear what fits best for the Thunder. What's the best move for them in regards to handling Carmelo? Well, in terms of what's ideal for the Thunder, it would be trading Carmelo Anthony and ideally not getting much, if any, salary back. The reason why they're looking to trade him, one, he didn't have a very productive year last year with the Thunder. He's said that he doesn't want to come off the bench, and that's probably at this point in his career, that's what makes the most sense for him be kind of a spark plug, streaky shooter off of the bench, but he said he doesn't want to do that. The Thunder, their luxury tax bill, I think, is hovering around $150 million, and you pair that with the about $150 million in payroll that they're scheduled right now to pay out to their players. Yeah, it's it's, three, it's 300 plus, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so they're supposed to have the highest total payroll, including luxury tax. Bill that's that's the first that time. That's the first time that, that that's the first time you've ever seen the number three hundred in history yeah, ever. Uh, it creeps up. It's going to keep creeping up. With I mean, inflation. that's going to be the most expensive this year until next off season. The salary cap is supposed to go up by like another eight or nine million next off season. So we're going to keep it. See it keep growing. The salary cap grows by at least a few million usually each year, or at least it has in the past few years with um, just the abundance of just prosperity that the NBA has been able to enjoy over the years. Uh, but yeah, with Carmelo Anthony, what makes the most sense for the Thunder is a trade. I don't see why any other team in the league would willingly trade for Carmelo Anthony and his, I think it's almost $27 million that he's owed next year. The only team that could make a little bit of sense would be the Lakers because they have Luol Deng, if the Thunder are open, because Luol Deng makes about $18 million each of the next two years. So if the Thunder are open to possibly trading Carmelo Anthony and getting his higher salary for just this one year off of the books in order to get Luol Deng's bad contract for the next two years, where they'll probably be paying a little bit more in terms of salary and luxury tax over the next two years, but... That's over two years instead of just one year. So they'd be saving some money this year. That's the only one that could make much sense to me, but I don't think that happens. I I think for the Lakers, yeah, they'd be willing to do that. Yeah, that's that that's that's not that's not gonna happen. Yeah, but let's, let's so just let's just talk Carm- I wanna I talk it's Car- gonna have to be either a buyout or they're going to stretch his contract. Car- Carmelo Anthony, I wanna talk his stats just really quick and talk about how he just took a big dip. Of course, he was still continuing his career with the Knicks as their star. He was an all-star for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years in a row, except for last year. And it was well-deserved that he didn't get an all-star last year. He's put up 15 shots a game, making six of them, shooting 40%. His you know points per game dropped six points a game and I'm I know playing with Russell Westbrook isn't necessarily easy and that's something that Christian and I really do state I think Paul George is a rare exception of that he actually do fit does fit with his game very well and he's it's only going to get better as of next year but that point really the idea of Carmelo Anthony being that streaky shooter and kind of just chilling on the perimeter waiting for all the ISO guys to kick it out to him and whenever they're on the bench Carmelo can maybe mess around with a little bit of ISO work but he kind of did play that role last year with the Thunder. My buddy Dylan, who always has 
you know, debates with me on Twitter, especially about the Thunder. He's a diehard. He was pretty, he heard me out, definitely. But he said that's kind of what he did with the Thunder last year. And he just jacked up 15 shots a game, shooting 40%, you know, from the field, shooting, you know, 35% from three, which, you know, isn't awful or anything like that. But he just said it wasn't necessarily like he was helping any other way. Defense, he obviously plays pretty lazy, you know, pretty lazy. And at this point in his career, like you said, Corbin, he really can be that kind of streaky shooter for you. But his numbers did drop, and I expect him to go yeah. slightly up wherever he does go. I think I think the Thunder had just like a minus 14.4 net rating or something in the playoffs with Carmelo on the and, and that's And that's when they missed Robertson the most because yeah. the, their plus-minus rating was first in the league when he was on there with their starting lineup with him in it just as currently constructed at the end. And when you just take him off, I remember that stat that we tweeted, they moved from first to dead last a month later when they had him not in that lineup. And it just showed what a serious contributor he would have been on the defensive side in the playoffs yeah, one quick note off of that was just one of the other signings the Thunder did with signing Nerlens Noel to a one-year minimum contract. The Thunder, Stephen Adams is a decent defensive player, but Nerlens Noel is really good defensively when he subs in for Adams. Thunder have the potential to be one of the best defensive teams in the league next year. you got Andre Roberson, who as long as he comes back from his knee injury and is 100% or close fine. to what he was last year. Paul George played really well as the second perimeter defender behind Roberson. When he was when Roberson went down and Paul George had to be their main perimeter stopper, he started to struggle a little bit. But as that second perimeter defender, he did really well. Westbrook is an absolute dog at right. point guard who's just going to go after everyone. And I know, I know you said Nerland Zoella obviously is a better defender than Stephen Adams, but that's I feel like he's a different defender than Stephen Adams. Yeah, Stephen no, Adams, he Stephen Adams plays amazing at the top of the perimeter. He's so good at switching the pick and roll. He's so active and he's so quick. The amount of time he's able to make up with how fast and long he is it's exceptional steven adams is one of the most exciting players in this league uh, down low and i really really like him he's only going to get better and better and the thing is paul george took this contract just like lebron as a long-term plan this wasn't okay here's one year we have one more chance to you know get rid of carmelo anthony bring in that third guy that we thought he was going to be because that's what a lot of people thought that's why they went there that's the only reason why it was going to work out for paul george because of the three, you know, the super team. But he said just playing with Russell Westbrook is everything that he needs, and they're going to build that team around the two of them. And, yeah, maybe they bring a star. But four years, just like LeBron James, that's showing that that's the investment in the team, the investment in Russell Westbrook. He has trust in Sam Presti. They really think that they can attack this, maybe not just in free agency, but with the draft as well, because you're giving them four years to pull whatever moves they want. Yeah, and also, it's, so it's really a three-year with the player option, and, he has the ability, I believe it's either after two or three years two. to extend after two years two to years. add a five year extension onto this where it can really end up being it's like a seven year two hundred wow. what was it like two hundred fifty million dollar contract? Something I, I, like that. I, I think Christian said three hundred. It should be over three hundred million dollars over seven years yeah. total. Yeah, some 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 figure that he'll be Jeez. very happy with. Jeez. Alright, let's talk let's move away from the Thunder who of course, happy this well, offseason. So really, really quickly before we end stuff with the Thunder, let's just predict where do we think Carmelo ends. Right. No, that's no, that, let's go. I was going to say, if you caught me maybe a week ago, I'd say probably the Lakers with how this all pans out. But right now, my mind is made up. He's going to be a Houston Rocket. Uh, with the reports that I've seen, I know I might be a tiny bit premature, but I'd love to make my bold podcast of each 
or sorry, bold prediction of each podcast. He's going to be a Houston Rocket. They're pretty much going to exactly. We'll talk about Trevor Reason now, who left to the Suns on his one-year deal. They're going to be, you know, replacing him at least on the offensive end, not on the defensive end necessarily. They'll figure that out, but that will be matching his production, and it will fit well the Banana Boat Squad, you know, with. CP3, and James Harden, of course, being there, just fresh off an MVP, just one quarter away from a world championship chance. They almost The Western down, Conference was uh, the know, NBA almost, Finals. Yeah, exactly what Christian said. The Western Conference was the NBA Finals. Whoever won that was going to just stomp that Cavs team, and they were this close. So they thought they should run this back, and Trevor Reza left, and that's a vital part of that team. I think adding Carmelo Anthony would be a great fit for them. He really would help that team, and I would put them right back in contention for that number one seed. I truly think the Warriors are going to win it this year again, and they're going to win that one seed. I know the Rockets had their year in the regular season last year, but I truly think it's going to be the Warriors, but the Rockets, this might be the number one move for them. What do you think, uh, Christian? Where do you think Melo ends? Uh, it has to be the Rockets. That's the, if the only place that will cater to him and that could really – kind of re- not revamp his career but we'll give him a spark plug compared to being yeah. in OKC where you have Russell Westbrook that is not a spark plug he's more of a plus, leech plus Houston, Houston's a good market too no doubt and uh, he needs a, he needs to change he needs a, uh, to improve his his productivity because if he doesn't then he's going to be taking the minimum every single place that he goes he, he will start at Houston that's one thing that he's looking to do and that's a big name there and it would definitely get the fans he, excited he can also at least uh, match Trevor Reese's productivity definitely uh, Corbin, where do you think he ends? I'm going to disagree with both of you guys. I I don't like Carmelo's fit with the Lakers, especially with him saying that he does not want to come off of the bench. There's The reports are that there's four teams that are interested in Carmelo. It's the Lakers, Rockets, the Sixers, and the Miami Heat. Of those teams, the Lakers are the only team with any cap room left. They have about $5 million left, which separates them a little bit from the rest because Carmelo, as he's shown with other free agent decisions, he does value money, and rightfully so. On top of that, there was a report that came out that Carmelo Anthony, even though Chris Paul is part of the Banana Boat crew, Chris or, uh, Carmelo Anthony wants to play with LeBron James. And I think that who, if who the Lakers doesn't? are... It would yeah, help him get a bigger deal next year. Obviously, but if the Lakers are interested in him, then I don't see how he doesn't choose them because they can offer him playing with his best friend or one of his best friends along with Chris Paul. Um, and on top of that, they can offer more money than any other team. So and he already I owns a house in Los Angeles. Yeah. end up with the Lakers as long as they're interested in him, which it sounds like they are. Yeah. On a one-year deal, how could we not be interested? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. why not, right, at that point? Well, if we have cap, you know, because we're going to clear this clear this out next and, year. Maybe and the thing is that's more. interesting is when they signed Rajon Rondo, for a quick second, everybody thought DeMarcus Cousins is yeah. a shoe into the Lakers. Yeah. That's one of his best friends. Coming from New Orleans, that's going to be that one piece that brings DeMarcus Cousins with him on that small contract. And that will transition us into the Warriors uh, who did bring back Kevin Durant on the two-year deal, uh, $61.5 million. Welcome back to Durant. But DeMarcus Cousins, and the man who just broke the NBA even more than it already was. Yeah. Let's also, talk. that Durant deal, it's two years, but it's a player option after the first. So right. what's probably going to happen is after this year, he will have been at the Warriors for three years, so they'll have his full bird rights, which means that they can offer him a max deal with a 7.5% increase in salary each year versus 5%, which is what they could have or any other team could have before this year. So 
probably he'll opt out after this year. And I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't re-sign with the Warriors. And at that point, it would probably be a max uh, five-year deal. Now, before before we talk fit with DeMarcus Cousins, the Warriors, Christian coming from New Orleans and now living here, I just want to hear how upset do you think Pelicans fans are? I know our buddy Mikey and avid fan of us, he is con- and no matter what the tweet might be, he'll uh, quote it with just something about how much he hates DeMarcus Cousins or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I want to hear how attached were they to him and how sad do you they're think they're hurt. They are <laughs> hurting. What do you mean? If they, when next time he plays Enola, he needs to get extra oh armored my. guards. Oh my! Anthony Davis wore his jersey wore during his the jersey All-Star, All-Star game. game. That That's, is, I'm nice. never for burning jerseys, but Nola. Y'all kind of have a right to burn his jersey are, because that is dece- that is deceitful. Are they, are they really that hurt though? Because the Pelicans offered him a two-year, forty million dollar contract before the season ended, and then they took it off the table. It was almost like the Pelicans decided they didn't want him there anymore. But they, I, off, they I, offered I the deal. Did he want to be there? They offered the deal. Did he want to be there? He would have accepted but then it. They took it off the table. But he would have accepted it right there if he wanted to be part of the team. I'm confused. So, you know, whatever scrutiny you want to put on Kevin Durant, you need to put that times nine on DeMarcus Cousins because yep. that is the ultimate evil villain that they would never pass, and he went right to them. I understand he wanted to take a red shirt and get a ring because he needs to heal, but there's no way you can't – that. Okay. Nola wouldn't have given them more money. And He's- this is all of our faults because back in the day, it was it didn't matter if you had a ring. Of course, it always did matter. But you, you know, guys like that didn't want to team up with other guys. They didn't want to make these super teams. They had respect for the most part, of course, that each of these teams were, you know, that guy was that guy. They wanted to go out and beat that guy. That was Kyrie what knows. they always say. And you know, now the era of the super team and us. Pretty much marking, if you don't have a ring, you almost dismiss the talk for Hall of Fame, no matter how their career is. And it's almost sad, but at the same time, it's just reality. So I get where he's coming from, that you do need to add a ring on there, but it's not like the Warriors needed him to win another ring next year. They could have found somebody else to play the center position instead of JaVale McGee or Zaza. But, you know, adding... They were going to be fine regardless, but I don't... I disagree with Christian talking about how it's even worse with DeMarcus Cousins. One, Kevin Durant's a much more impactful player than DeMarcus Cousins. But he actually changed that Warriors team. DeMarcus Cousins is just adding a little piece, and he's going to go get that ring. He's he's riding that coattail. Uh, Kevin Durant is the reason why that they've actually three-peated. I think maybe two out of three without him, but I would say Kevin Durant's actually won one of those championships. They've got two. So we'll we'll see. I mean, he's literally going he he and going to the Warriors. Three peating. No, but with the wait, what Perry? I said they're three peating. There's not a doubt about. There's no way they're not winning. I would would agree with that. But Demarcus Cousins, the Warriors were not his first option. There was a report that the he offered to play with the Lakers for that same about five million dollars, which the Lakers had in cap space. The Lakers didn't want to wait until he returned in January. They don't have time to wait. They don't have the time to wait. Well, they're in win now mode. They're not in such a. But the war, the Warriors are in such a win now mode that they're playing yeah. around. This is a game to them. They can add whoever they want. And the thing is, they keep getting better. If they get Jonas Jerebko and all of these guys who actually fit with this team, it's so unfair. And, and they just keep getting this. These you know 
replacing what JaVale McGee and Zaza so long. I know JaVale McGee is going to help the Lakers, but it's not like they're vital pieces to that formula there. The team is intact. They keep running this back, keep adding players. They added Jacob Evans, the guy who can guard all positions. They added Jordan Bell last year in the draft. The rich just keep getting richer. Every move that they've made for the last five years has been precise and perfect. And DeMarcus Cousins just adds on to it. And the thing is, the players that were there said, we won DeMarcus because of our winning culture. We won him because he wanted to be a part of this. And yeah, it's just like we always say, it's the Patriots effect. Like in football, you can take less money and go be a part of something bigger than yourself and get a ring out of it and then probably move on in your career past that at some point or you just ride you know, with them the rest of the time. But regardless, yeah. it's the Patriots effect in the NBA, and there's no doubt about it. You have to agree with that. Yeah, but also with DeMarcus Cousins, I think we need to tamper down our expectations a little bit as far as what he's going to contribute this year. He's going to be patient, I, and that's the thing. They want him to be patient because they no, have no, no worry. When he comes back, whether it's at the start of the year or whether it's not until January or February, he's not going to be the same DeMarcus Cousins. Okay. I mean, I've said all the time about how Achilles injuries are the worst injury in sports, but... Most people will agree that it takes about two years for a player to get to their peak performance, as far as as good as they're going to be after their Achilles injury. But they so don't. They, they don't need. They don't need peak performance, Demarcus Cousins. No, they I need fifty percent, Demarcus Cousins, to win the championship. I think, I think that whatever version of Demarcus Cousins comes back, it's still going to be good enough to where he's going to be a net positive. Whatever version player. comes back of him. Is better than JaVale McGee and Zaza combined. Yeah. Yeah. Times, Someone who's an all star last two. season. Yes. Someone that, a guy that when he is on, and even if he might not move the same, I think his shot's going to be the same. He's going to be able to stretch the floor always. And the thing is, if he can get some of the bounce back and some of that explosiveness, yes, we'll see an exciting DeMarcus Cousins. But I think if he can figure out a role as a stretch five and bang to a level where he can bang, he'll figure it out and he'll be just fine. And he's there because he doesn't know if his career is going to ever be the same. He doesn't know if teams are going to take a chance and make him a role player. Right now, he sees a ring and he wants to take it while he knows he still has a career, while he still has some momentum. And while it's just a clear path to a ring with no doubt about it. So past this year, who knows what's going to happen for DeMarcus Cousins. And he, I think he knows that too. And he just guaranteed himself a ring on top of the statistics that he already has in his career. And that alone puts him in Hall of Fame talks because of how much we value the ring nowadays. Plain and simple, regardless of the situation. So he knows that. Every player knows that. And it's really going to... See what's past this year is going to be what's interesting for Demarcus Cousins. Uh, let's move. Let's move on to the Rockets team we already briefly talked about. But Chris Paul coming back on a four-year, hundred sixty million dollar extension. Uh, we all kind of assumed that you know run that team back. That's really the best that you can get in regards to competing with the Warriors, who we just spoke about. Uh, but the Rockets lost Trevor Reza, one-year, fifteen million dollar deal to the Suns. I uh, just want to get your guys' brief reaction on that for what that means to the Rockets and what that means for the Suns. I just think two years from now, the Suns are going to be circling trying to get rid of that Chris Paul contract. Oh, you mean the Rockets? Yeah, the Rockets. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, no, I think we're all in agreement with that. The thing that's a little bit surprising was when Chris Paul got traded to the Rockets, there was an understanding reportedly that after this past year that just happened, he was going to get a five-year max deal instead 
it was a four-year max deal, which obviously helps the Rockets. But like, dude, like, like I keep saying over and over again, I think the five-year is becoming not a thing anymore. And there's what no I, management. What I've been to. hearing is that pretty much you're going to take a four-year deal, absolutely tops, and that's probably going to be with an option as well for that fourth year. The whole five-year lock me in for half a decade thing. But Honestly, that, you might not ever see that again. Look at baseball. How well, does long-term contracts work? No, no, no. I, I'm not. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it's not right now. I'm just saying moving past this year, it's almost gone now. Moving past this year, you may never see it again. It may only be four-year deals. Okay, but in in terms of Chris Paul, if they had offered a fifth year, he absolutely would have taken it because I'm sure he knows his value is. He's not going to be worth the forty million that he's going to. Right. No, these, but I, I'm, I'm not saying years. this just helps the players either. I think the teams are valuing this four-year deal as well more than a five-year deal. So on all ends, you're going to be seeing a lot less five-year deals, if not it becoming extinct. No, but, it's, unless it gets cut out of the CBA, we're never going to see it become completely extinct because younger players, like with the Devin Booker and Nikola Jokic, there's urgency from both the player right. and the front office to get it done. Yeah, these older players. I, I think I see the C. I see the CBA continuing to change as the times continue to change. So I would I can actually see the five year actually be, be, being well, able yeah, to get taken out. Well, yeah, if they collectively bargain to get rid right. of five years and only make it four, then yeah, absolutely. But look but how look at how different. Does, we're look still going to see five year extensions. But look how players. drastically different this CBA is compared to previous. It just think about the next CBA. Who knows? Yeah, no, I mean there was a point in time. I think it was um, when was it like 10, 12 years ago that summer when. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal was traded to the Heat, so that was summer of 04. Right after he was traded, Kobe Bryant signed a seven-year deal with the Lakers. There's no seven-year deals. Yeah, that's not a thing. LeBron James, when he just back in 2010, when he left the Cavs and did a sign-and-trade to the Heat, the reason why it was a sign-and-trade instead of an outright signing with the Heat was because if he signed with the Heat outright, it would be a five-year deal, but since he signed with the Cavs first and then they traded him, he got the sixth year on it. Right. And he had a player option for the last two years. Right. So, yeah, it continues to go down. So, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked at all. CBA, the five-year deal is out of the equation as well. I, I think it helps everybody. It adds that sense. I think security now comes with lesser contracts in regards to years and you being able to go out and hit that market when it becomes more lucrative. I think it's changing so drastically now that you want to go hit that market when it gets higher, and it really just depends on when you get blessed with that opportunity to get that extension, and really what off-season you're in. Yeah, and that, I'd, that I'd, like mobility. To, I'd like to see that fifth year taken out, too, just because every now and then there's a player who, whether they just age a little quicker than you thought or they have some unfortunate injury where they just don't come back the same, and then if they're in like the first or second year of a five-year deal... That team is screwed for the next few years. If they're if you sign someone to a max deal and they're taking up 30, 35% of your cap and they're not one of the best players in the league, that's so hard to bounce back from and even be competitive when you have that one player taking up that much salary if they're not one of the best players in the league. So yeah, I, I would I would like to see that actually in the next CBA. Uh, I love yeah these shorter contracts and having player options. This player mobility is also very good for the yeah. league. Having not being able to lock into these contracts, like you said, helps the team, but it also helps the player. It happens 
it creates things like LeBron James where, you know, every time he moves, it's a seismic shift in the NBA. Exactly. And I think that's more exciting for us, the fans, exactly. the people who consume the product right. than, you know, the owners. So it helps them and also helps us like as the fans. It's the three ways. The, the NBA is the most exciting league out of any of them right oh, now. Yeah. And that's for a reason. No, and, the, and, and, the, and, and the commissioner, Adam Silver, the commissioner, Adam Silver, has a lot to do with this. Yeah, I'm genuinely excited for the NBA offseason to see what happens. I have have more friends hit me up in the last few weeks and I know a lot of people come to me for advice or ask me my opinion on a lot of these NBA with how crazy the off seasons are asking me what's going on I've had them say you know guys that are my our buddy Liam who went to high school with us um, he literally hit me up talking about Lakers news saying hey I've literally never had interest in basketball until this season and I cannot wait for this season to begin what do you think tell me about Mello tell me about this he was so interested I had my buddy who's a football fan who's a diehard doesn't even like basketball much he's actually texting me asking me questions about what I think is going to happen with you know Mello because he's a big Mello fan and now apparently so all of these guys that are around that are, of course, sports fans, the NBA is becoming more appealable now than ever. And that's mainly because, like what Christian says, you know, when you got a marquee guy like LeBron who is taking one plus ones and, you know, guys who are taking shorter contracts now, it's exciting because you're like, all right, cool, maybe he landed there now, but we have another chance at him next year. Look at next year's free agency class. Look at the, the trades we can make now, yes, but look at next year's free agency class. Look at the free agency class of 2020 or whatever that may be. You got fans getting excited looking at you know look how knowledgeable Corbin is with you know the finances and everything like that fans actually want to learn more about that learn more about the CBA learn more about how their teams can actually figure this out with bird rights that people may not never have heard of or you know mid-level exceptions or any of those things it's exciting for fans and people are just really engaged now so that's why the NBA really has that upper hand than on other leagues that if anything the NFL's the opposite right now. People are interested in what's going on, but it's a shit show. Over you have there things right like now. the franchise tag yeah. too in the NFL, which the best player on your team and will non, never leave and because... non guaranteed money. Exactly. Where it's just literally monopoly money. We'll talk about that later. Let's not have that debate yet. But you know, the NBA bottom line, it's more popular than ever. The draft is so exciting. The off season is so exciting. The playoffs are so exciting. Absolutely, everything is so exciting and. You know, the NBA is just going to keep getting better and better. One more, one more question about the Rockets that I want to ask you guys, because I know Capella is still a restricted free agent. What do you think is going to happen with him? Where do you think Capella lands? Yeah, I'll take this one to start. I think I'd be shocked if Capella's not back with the Rockets, because they've already made it clear that they're going to match any contract. I think either the GM, Daryl Morey, or someone in the front office or ownership has come out and said, even if it's the max, like they will match that contract. So there's no way for them to lose him then. As long as they want him, which it sounds like they do, whether it's... I mean, if Capella really doesn't want to play there, then he'd have to take a little bit of a risk on himself, accept the qualifying offer that he has, which is just a one-year deal, and then next offseason he could enter free agency again, this time as an unrestricted free agent. I think, I think that's what he'd but, have to do if the Rockets don't bring him back. I... I'd just be surprised if the Rockets even get a sense that he's going to do that. Because the Rockets' window, I think it lasts longer than just next year. Because I think the next two years, I think Chris Paul's still... We're not going to see much of a drop-off from him. You can't lose Quinn Capella. I think you got to give him at least a pretty good deal, especially with how limited the market is right now. You can get him cheaper than 
how much you could get him next year. So your deal at around to what Aaron Gordon got four years, eighty four million. I think that works for both sides. Yeah, the Rockets are already over the salary cap. They're going to be paying a lot of luxury taxes, but that's the price you have to pay if you want to be competitive in the NBA, which clearly they do because they just gave Chris Paul four years and $160 million. Yeah, no, I totally agree. They're just waiting for another team to set the price. Hopefully they can get a discount. Yeah, no, that's I, why it seems yeah. like they're doing it. I really think But also, that. really quickly, just with Ariza going to the Suns, how much do you guys think that that hurts the Rockets? Um, I think it hurts the Rockets, but I think if they can bring in Carmelo Anthony, it makes up for it, and they have guys like P.J. Tucker and other guys that can make up for it on the defensive end. So offensively, I think they could replace that. I think Ariza really does help the Suns. He's going to be a perfect mentor for Bridges. He's going to add that veteran presence there, and I think the Suns are in more of a win-now mode than you think, and they are in discussions for Kevin Love and I know that the Cavs were saying they need Josh Jackson and more back for Kevin Love, who's a five-time All-Star. Yeah, I don't know if that's feasible. I think they might want to run it with these young guys and add get them some experience. Yeah, get them first. some more experience. See what you have here, because you know Aiden looks amazing in in summer league, and so does you know uh, Ellie Ellie Akobo looks really good as well. So I I really do like where the Suns are at, and with Devin Booker signing this massive extension. On top of it, which was going to be the next thing that we were going to talk about, you know, yeah, five, let's get into that. Five years, one hundred and fifty-eight million dollars, and that's another five-year deal that we just talked about, where it may not be extinct yet because of these kind of deals. With of Nikolai Jokic also getting a five-year, one hundred forty-eight million dollar deal with the Nuggets, you see how they're locking their young guy in for the future, their star. And Devin Booker is an absolute star, and this is a guy that I've been high on since his rookie season. He's put up numbers that other guys haven't. And he's the youngest to obviously score 60 or 70 points in the game. Uh, he was He's put up the most points per game at you know the age of 21 by a starting guard since MJ, who obviously put up more than he did, but nobody else was second to that. He was, I believe, the fourth youngest to reach a certain milestone for points, a few thousand or whatever that went. I forgot the exact number off the yeah, top of my was, head. I think it was 2,000. 2,000, but it was uh, LeBron James and Kevin Durant, I believe, were the other two, and you know somebody else that was extremely recognizable so at this point he's done everything he can he's shown that he's not a defensive liability he might not be an all-star defender but he plays good team defense and he's only going to get better when he's got guys like josh jackson and mikhail bridges and you know eight and down low and guys that are really really good at defense like ariza and that can guard the perimeter devin booker doesn't have as much pressure on him and on the offensive end he's a playmaker and he's a guy that if you let him hit the open market he will go be a superstar for another team and this he's got such deep roots in phoenix now he has friends there i lived in you know phoenix tempe area i took him out personally to you know the clubs when i was doing promotional directing over there so Love him. Love what he does for the city. I think the Suns are definitely heading in the right direction. They killed the draft there. This is well-deserved, and it's the highest in Suns history, the largest contract. Of course, coming with inflation, the money you know is just going to keep going up and up. But still, this is the largest in Suns history, and in my opinion, well-deserved. Yeah, for a small market team, you got to lock up a player like that. That will, for five years, it it helps him. You know, he's not quite at the All-Star level um, as a no. You know, he made the rookie team, but. I really like Trevor Reza signing there. I know the Rockets, if they gave him $15 million, they definitely would have overpaid for him. So him coming to the Suns on a one-year deal, it has so much upside. He is an NBA champion. He can part all this knowledge onto these young players. And as they grow, they're going to 
take that knowledge and it's just going to you know, expedite their process. So I think the Suns are going to be a fun, fun team to watch. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs just yet. Um, I think maybe one more year of loading up picks will really be um, something that's beneficial for them. I don't think they should overstretch and get Kevin Love. I think they should naturally find their way to the playoffs, get that experience, and then hit free agency with their already established resume and not have to give up assets to get someone like Kevin Love. Because I, I love Kevin Love, but I don't think he's worth uh, Darren Fox. I think he's somewhere that someone that you need to keep and keep worth, developing. You, you mean uh, Josh Jackson? Josh Jackson. I thought you said Darren Fox. No, 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 Josh Josh, Jackson. Even Josh Jackson. Their their young core is very talented, and they need to keep developing that instead of going after Kevin Love at this point. They need to get yeah. their resume and then go into free no, agency. I, I totally that. agree. And the Suns are going to be a surprise team. I think the Mavericks. Be fun to watch. The Mavericks are going to be another team in the West that are going to be a surprise team. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but they're going to be a lot of fun to watch, like the Lakers were last year. Right there on the brisk, you know, of excitement, and you know, right around five hundred, you know, upper, you know, give or take. But you know, the Suns definitely made the right decision here with Devin Booker. Let's move on to Jokic. So, yeah, I think uh, obviously they had to give him that max deal, the five years, hundred fifty-eight. The Ariza signing it makes sense from bringing in veteran leadership. I think Ariza's numbers with the Rockets, they're not going to be anything like that in terms of his outside shooting with threes. He's not going to get the same looks with the Suns as he did with the Rockets, but it still makes sense, and obviously the Warriors and Lakers should be happy that the Suns were able to weaken the Rockets for them. The Suns, not, not for long. They had, Car- they had, they had Carmelo. Carmelo. It's going to be pretty much the same. Uh, uh, no, it's not. I'd much rather have Ariza if I'm the Rockets than Carmelo. Uh, that's well, that's a hot take. Too. I think that's offensively, debatable. he's a better fit, too. But then, Christian, I agree with you. I think that the Suns, I like their core, um, really because of the draft that they had this past year, because I'm not a fan of Marquise Chris. I'm not a fan of Dragon Bender. I'm not... I'm not nearly as big of a fan of Devin Booker as you are, Perry, but I do like him. And I think that I think he can be like a very good All Star. I don't think he'll. He's be a, a superstar. He's just going to be league. a superstar, plain and simple. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens for that. But still, I think he's a great piece to have. DeAndre Ayton, I think he again not someone who will be superstar, but a really good All Star. I agree um, with that. Yeah, I, I was ex- I was excited to see them stay at number one and draft him and keep their yeah. and keep but, that going instead of you know panicking not necessarily panicking but thinking or getting cute drafting Doncic there early because of the connection with the coach or trading and trying to get even more assets they are in a bit of a win now mode but they're also in this rebuild mode and the, you know, just sticking with him and bringing him from U of A and him becoming. I think he's going to become an Arizona legend just because of the fact that he did do that in college there, and everyone's going to love him. I think he's going to stick around for a long time, and the draft well, really, their, really helped them. Their trade for Mikhail Bridges kind of signified their, maybe if it's not win now mode, it's win within the next like year, year or two, two. make the playoffs, yeah. because trading yeah. away that Miami Heat 2021 pick when they're supposed to be high schoolers allowed to come to the draft, that's a very valuable pick. So uh, I, th- I think they're going to be in the playoffs ball. by that time. I think yeah, they no, believe no, that. It shows... It shows that they want to do whatever they can to get young players on their team right now so that they can grow. And by 2021, they're not looking for any young players. They want to be established by then. And also, you think about all the players that it seems like every year more and more stars head west. With Obviously, this year, LeBron James going to the west. It's nicer out here. How How about the bottom teams in the west, the few teams that aren't great with stars? The top four teams in the draft this year because the Mavericks made that trade with the Hawks, 
the top four selections in this pick all went to the Western, or top four selections in this draft all went to the Western Conference. So even the bottom of the Western Conference is getting a lot better. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Let's move on to the other five-year extension, Nikolai Jocic, to back to the Nuggets, a guy that Corbin and I put together kind of an off-the-books top 20 uh, active players that we thought in the NBA right now, and he cracked my list at top 20. If DeMarcus Cousins didn't go down with that injury, uh, he would have been obviously in my top 20, but I couldn't really put him in there with the uncertainty, so Jokic really made exactly 20 for me. So I think he's the 20th best player in the NBA. Yeah, do I think he's worth you know this five-year, $148 million extension? Yes, plain and simple. You need to lock in your young guy, and it's just such a smart move. Build around this kind of guy. You got Millsap there down low with him. You're building a team with two young guards you know, that are really playing well, and their entire draft, they did very well, too. Michael Porter Jr. taking him at, right at the end of the lottery at 14. If he comes back, if he comes and plays the way that people think he's going to play, regardless of the injuries that he has, getting him at 14, such a value pick. The Nuggets are in the right direction, a team that's been right on the brisk of the eight seed for the last, what was it, two years now? And they literally played a win-or-go-home game with the Wolves last year to decide who was going to the playoffs and we're going to lose to the Rockets really decided that um, but re- but regardless this is a team that they've been this close and they just keep adding pieces and getting better and they're definitely going to make the playoffs this year I think around the 7 or the 8 seed um, you know and that's good in the West and I really think the Nuggets can't really do much more right now but knowing that they have a guy like this you got to lock him in for the long term and continue to try and add young pieces, but continue to try and attack free agency. They were actually interested in LeBron James. They actually put out a pitch for him. They can't, of course, I'm not. I'm not saying they were. Quote, I'm not saying they were interested like they talked about it when they were just hanging out. Like, oh yeah, LeBron James would be kind of nice here. They generally put together an offer for him. They were going to put together a pitch. They were a late dark horse for him. They were actually trying very hard to get LeBron, LeBron James. LeBron was never going to Denver. Of course. Of course LeBron was never going to Denver. But they actually put together their efforts to go get him. So that shows that if, if it comes down to it, they'll go out and go get a star. They know who they got there and they're going to stick to their guys, re-sign their young guys like this, try and keep attacking the draft the way they're going to. If Michael Porter works out for them, that's a steal. This is a team. They needed a small forward anyways, a guy that can play in a big, in a big lineup because he can play power forward as well. Just uh, just really do like what they're doing here, and I really think it's a guaranteed playoff seating for them. Yeah, they're in a good position. Uh, definitely to take Michael Porter Jr. at 14 is so big when they're that fringe playoff spot. On, uh, if they can almost out- tank this year, load up, Michael Porter comes back one full season later, they can be a team uh, that's a force to be reckoned with. Um, but definitely locking him in that long-term deal, they have made it clear that's the guy they want to build around and. I'm really happy about that. He deserves all that money. Yeah, he's perfect for the modern NBA. Perfect. Yeah, I agree. He deserved Jokic deserved that contract. I'm not as high on the Nuggets as you guys are. I think. Oh, we're not saying we're high. They've been the, yeah, no, the, no, the no, nine saying seed. Like we're you're... saying they'll slip in as the seven or eight seed. Like, maybe I think this is the year they crack it. It's not like we're I high on them. I don't think it's even a guarantee that they make the playoffs. And I think moving forward for even the next few years. Unless they do something drastic, I think that their ceiling is like a six, seven, or eight seed. I don't yeah. see them getting any higher. Than that. Yeah, but yeah, that's why I hope they tank. But the he season. just gave them five seasons to mess around and figure out a formula. Yeah, no, 
He did. And it was the right move by the Nuggets. They were lucky to get Paul Millsap. Um, I think that's the type of all-star caliber player in that type of stratosphere, all-star, that a team like the Nuggets in that type of market, that's about as good as they're going to do in free agency. But they got Paul Millsap, and good for them, because with Millsap, yeah, they're a at least a playoff contending team. For Paul, Paul Melsa might be the one, the, the one example in this whole league that explains the borderline all-star star yes. for his whole career. I think career. he's the perfect example. He, he couldn't that. be a better example of the guy. Because yeah. you know, Corbin and I always debate about if the guy is an all-star, a star, or a superstar. And we always, you know, we barely ever label guys as superstars unless they're clearly superstars. That's a... That's a word you throw out. I, you know, I think Devin Booker's a star and could be a superstar one day. That's one guy that I'll genuinely say that for. But regardless of that, you don't throw that you know term around lightly. So he's been right there as an all-star star. But regardless, if when you add him to Jokic down low, that's a one-two punch that I'll take against a lot of teams in this NBA. Probably almost every team, I would say they have a chance to win the down low battle every single night. Um, but yeah, let's move on to another uh, player that got re-signed, Aaron Gordon. Four years, $84 million to the Magic. Uh, any of you guys have quick thoughts on that one? I think it's smart by the Magic, and I think that the market was dry. So, you know, smart move by Gordon, too. All three of these think. last teams, it's the same thing. They're small market teams, and the one relevant player they have on their team, they re-signed. Yeah, no, I agree. That's I, smart. I think, I think from the Magic standpoint, they rushed into this a little bit too quickly because... I, I'm a huge Julius Randle fan, and to see him get two years, eighteen million. I don't, I don't, I don't think Randle. I think Randle wants to win, and I think he's been on a losing team for most of his career now. Part of this rebuild, and he doesn't. So no, Aaron but no, Gordon. but listen to this. But he doesn't get to reap the benefits right now because well, Aaron Gordon's staying with his team instead of going to a dry market. Uh, the Lakers completely changed. The Magic didn't completely change. They pretty much stayed as is, made small moves, and brought back the one guy, like Christian said, that's extremely relevant. Because he dunks balls. Yeah, a household name at the very least. You can re-sign him and keep your team. I'm saying if nobody, if no other team was willing to get Randall more than... No, I think he wants to win. I think think he wants to win. That's why he's in New Orleans. Corbin, as the GM of the Packers, is always in it for a deal. (laughs) I feel you. He gives a $2 tip on haircuts. He's always (laughs) trying to get a deal. I I feel Corbin. They could have gotten him for cheaper. I feel you. They rush in his deal. They paid a little bit too much money, but you know what? He sells a lot of jerseys for them, and he packs their crowd. And on the Julius Randall front, I think he genuinely wants to win. Saw that DeMarcus Cousins was leaving. Wanted to match up with a guy like AD and figure out a way to become a great big next to one of the greatest bigs in the NBA right now. And he saw a team that made the playoffs and just needed one more piece to add to a guy. You know, they already have such a good two guys down low, regardless of Cousins with Miritich because of the trade that they made that actually put them in a win now mode. He stays, you know, and now they add Randall. This team runs it back. So I think that he saw a, a way to win right now. He only took a two-year contract. Randall wants security. He doesn't want to just hit a one-year contract, but he sees that the market's dry, but he still wants to win. And he was going to come back to the Lakers. He was convinced that he wanted to come back to the Lakers until he met with them at the end because all reports led to him wanting to resign, him wanting to play with LeBron James, him wanting to complete this process, quote-unquote. But he met with them, realized, as you said, diminished role, but really 
reduced role and that there isn't too much space for him in regards to playing the floor and winning this season because you're going to win this season if you're the Lakers, but you're not going to go, you don't have a chance to make, I don't think, a very deep playoff run. And if you're not even getting guaranteed starter time or, you know, even six man time at this point, you think you have the, you deserve to be in that starting lineup with how Julius Randle played last year. He played out of his mind. I think it's the absolute right move for him at the, at the best right he now. He won't have a diminished role on the Pelicans, and if he kills no, it he these won't. next two but years, the he'll get... Conference finals, not a deep playoff run? You think the Lakers are going to make the Western Conference Finals? Yeah, I think they do. I okay, think well, I mean, that's, maybe, that's a hot take. We'll, that's, that's all we'll, I'm saying. We'll talk, yeah, we'll talk about that more later. But, but yeah, if, he, with, he, if he kills with, it for two years, he'll get a very and big And the Western payday. Conference Finals, when you're not even guaranteed to start in the Western Conference Finals, you may not even be the sixth man on the Western Conference Finals teams. No, I'm, no, not, no. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying... I Randall wants to win. He Randall, wants to play, and he wants to start. Why he took that two-year deal with a player opt-out after one year is because the market was so dry once the Lakers renounced his rights, and it was clear he was. He found there. the best situation he wasn't for him. Any big offers from anywhere else. I don't think it was two about years, the money. Million was the best he could do. I don't, I don't think it was about the money. He wants to, to get a fat deal. He wants to continue to prove it, but he wants to continue to prove it in the role that he continues to deserve. When he started. When he was a starter, that's when his numbers started jumping off the page. When he was taking that reduced role with the Lakers, he was getting 13, 14, 15 points a game, you know, seven rebounds. It was a role player, six man, maybe at best numbers. Then he finally got the numbers that he deserved, sorry, the minutes that he deserved, and the numbers were there. If he's pretty much being told, hey, look, you're going to go back to what you were before you blossomed, I don't think any, pl- no amount of. How is he ever going to get a twenty million dollar contract? How is he ever going to get a twenty million dollar contract with a diminished role? We're going to give him a bigger contract. I'm saying oh, I'm just, this is the he would never get a bigger there. contract with a diminished role. Yeah, this all goes back to the Aaron Gordon thing. I don't think that. So let's just focus on Aaron Gordon for a second, though. Forget about Julius Randle. I don't think that there was another team out there that was going to give him anything close to four years, eighty-four million dollars. Absolutely and not. To sign him to that contract, knowing that he's a free agent. To sign him to no, but, on yeah, but listen, yeah, but listen up, Corbin. Do the do the Kings, Corbin? Do the Kings not offer that to Aaron Gordon if he doesn't resign? Just like they offered to Zach Levine. Do they not offer some no, Nets esque offer Bagley. sheet? It doesn't matter. You're mad at a bad franchise for doing bad things. They just showed interest in him, and they showed interest in Jabari Parker. So the fact that they have every they have skyscrapers on the team doesn't stop them from trying to continue to add bigs. Jabari Parker can play the three. No, he's a four. It's more of a four. Okay, I'm just all I'm saying. All I'm saying right now is there is a team out there that would be able to throw some stupid amount of money out there and force the Magic's hand, and they didn't even want to give Aaron Gordon the opportunity to leave. You know what's been such a mediocre team. And go take the money, or Mediocre's even take less, kind of nice, or even take less money to go play. They've been worse than mediocre. Yeah, mediocre may oh. be even a, a compliment for them. Yeah, I mean, there's no way for us to tell because he did sign right away. They, they got scared. They offered I, him a little bit yeah, too much I money. Just, I think that they could have gotten. You're right. But how bad would the Magic be this year if they didn't have him? They finally feel like they're drafting well. No one would well. go to their games. How good are they going to be? Well, no, listen, listen to this. Jonathan Isaacs has apparently been in the gym, and he's apparently been working out very hard in 
and what, you know what player do we not know that about? Oh, well, well, if you let me you know finish my sentence, it's because yeah. you know the front office has promised him an increased role. So that's the thing, and he was injured a ton last season. If you, you know checked your facts, so he didn't even get a chance last year. So right now, him being a hundred percent and actually having the role that he thought he was going to have next year, it's going to be him along with Mo Bamba and Aaron Gordon, who yes are going to be absolute menaces on the defensive end and are going to be yeah, are. such an athletic trio that you don't even understand. Yes, it's going to be about the shooting. But when I watched Mo Bamba in summer league so far in such a small sample size, so let's not jump to conclusions yet. He can spread the floor he can do pretty much everything right and it shows why his game is going to translate so much better in the NBA than it did in college and not saying it didn't translate in college because it did so he's showing that he's not just that you know eight foot wingspan that can block shots he's showing that he's down there so the magic right now re-signing Aaron Gordon actually gives them a chance to have some sort of identity if they lose him it's not just back to the drawing board you're regressing and for the magic the thought of regressing and losing even more fans losing even more years losing of relevancy it's not even a thought to them right now so this wasn't they didn't they slept perfectly well at night they didn't freak out this was the right move if Orlando didn't have Disney World, there'd be nothing in that town. So, like, they need to hold on to every single thing that ever comes through Orlando that has relevance. They need to hold on to it. I, I totally agree. Florida Let's, is a nasty place. I totally no, I, agree. I agree. I think they definitely should have re-signed Aaron Gordon. My point is just that I think that they could have signed him for last if they had a bit. We get it. You're well, a penny saver. We got They're you. happy to have for, him. So, at the end of the day... Perfect. They could have scraped four million dollars <laughs> per year. Yeah, Corbin's nickel and diving here, but in reality, we, it's, we the right, it's the right move. But let's talk DeAndre Jordan to the Mavericks. One that's year, a lot of money. One year, twenty-four million dollars. What do you guys think of this? It's finally he's gonna finally be a Maverick after the yeah, fiasco that happened. Mark Cuban has to grunt signing those checks next year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the one year, twenty-four million. It was essentially exactly what DeAndre Jordan opted out of with the Clippers. So. He had to at least have some sort of idea that he was going to get this type of an offer from the Mavericks. It's smart on the Mavericks' part. I would have thought that if they were going to sign DeAndre Jordan, they'd give him a three- or a four-year deal. So to get him for just a one-year deal, because he, I probably more than any other player in the league, relies so much on his athleticism, and he's on the wrong side of 30 now. So as he continues to get older, he's going to his ability to play at a high level is going to decrease quite a bit and pretty quickly so but let's let's a, let's just repeat the 24 million dollars that yeah, i don't think was going to be there if it was a long-term deal because of how the nba is nowadays like we keep saying one-year deals more money because you have the cap space to waste bring it in show them that the culture is worth it show them that you can re-sign a longer deal and that might longer deal quote-unquote may just be a three or four-year deal and that's enough but showing them that it's worth it, take less money the following year, even if you just want to run it back with another one-year deal. You see that it's worth it. You see that you need certain pieces on the team. You want to allocate a little bit more cap space for your team. So instead of taking that one-year 20-whatever-million-dollar, you do a KCP one-year $12 million deal so that the team can go spend a little bit more elsewhere. That's just how the NBA is nowadays. So this is a genius move by DeAndre genius move by you know mark cuban and the mavericks because they had the money they're spending it for one year they're not guaranteeing him a three four year deal they have the security to go back and run this again next offseason you know check where they're at they have the expiring contracts at some point of wesley matthews and some other players
players that they can Dirk finally, finally get rid of. And Dirk Nowitzki is doing nothing but working with this franchise. He's doing nothing but giving them the most cap flexibility, waiting till the right time to sign whatever extensions that he has left. This is a guy that's going to retire a Maverick. There's not even a question about it. And I think they're doing this right right now. They signed Luka Don- They drafted Luka Doncic, who's going to yeah. be so exciting to watch with Dennis Smith Jr. And having a guy like DeAndre Jordan, this is a mini lob city. This is a team that's going to be exciting. This is going to be a team that will actually surprise people and win some games. I generally think that. They're not going to make the playoffs, no. But they're in more of a win-now mode than you think also, just like the Suns. Maybe no, not they'll, a w- they'll be an exciting yeah, team. It'll, it'll be a let's win in one or two years kind of thing. And just like the Suns are at right now, they're both my two teams that I would say are my sleeper teams to watch out for. But I think this is a good move. And DeAndre Jordan, like you say about obviously relying on his athleticism, he's not going to lose it in one year, you know, barring injury. It's not like it's just going to be gone next year. I think next year he's going to be getting a longer-term deal than a one-year deal, and I can promise you that. And it's going to be a little bit more affordable for the team, but it's going to be for the right reasons. But it's not like he's going to lose it in one year. He's still going to be the same player next offseason, barring injury and, you know, knocking on wood for any fan of DeAndre Jordan or for himself. But – I think this is the right move, and just like I said, one-year deals, you're able to give a little bit more money because you have the money to move and mess around with. As a blanket statement, I don't like giving large amount of money to centers who can't shoot three-pointers. So, I agree with that. Good, I mean, good right. for him for getting that money, but Mark Cuban better hope that he sells a lot of jerseys and packs right, a lot of does, seats. But if it doesn't work out, he packed a lot of seats for one year, and you move on, true, scratch but your losses, and go next year. And it's that's free just a lot of money class. to give a center who... But you have, no, the, but but you have the money. He's the right type of fit. You had the money, though. Right you got a stretch four in Dirk Nowitzki. You got shooters with Matthews and Luka Doncic and Dennis Smith Jr. He's, He's the, the right, right fit. Have. He's mean, the right fit. They were, they were tied to Mo Bamba in the draft before they traded up for Luka Doncic. Exactly. So, they were super yeah, high on Mo Bamba. They were super high on him. It seemed yeah. like that was going to be their center, and they were going to scratch the DeAndre Jordan front. But clearly, this has been their plan the whole time since he got kidnapped. It's been their plan for like four years. Yeah, exactly, since they been kidnapped him. Three years in the making. Exactly. Let's uh, you know briefly talk about someone we already talked about, Julius Randle, Pelicans, two years, $18 million. Let's not move too, uh, say too long on him since we just talked about it. Just wanted to state, of course, the two years, $18 million, taking a chance necessarily on himself, but also wanting to win. Uh, it's definitely sad to lose him from the Lakers, a player that really blossomed last year, and he is starting to add more of a shot to his game. Uh, I'd say that's probably the one knock on him. I, you, would you guys agree? It's just 100%. the fact that he can't shoot threes yet on a consistent basis. And I think, But I think he's the kind of player that he's going to evolve with the NBA. He's going to add a three-point shot. But the fact that he's just a bull that can just bully people, seriously, just move through people, move them with his body, and he's got the finesse to go court, you know, coast to coast. I think Julius Randle is a very exciting player. And watching him next to Anthony Davis, I am so excited yeah. about that next year. Yeah, no, that's going to open up rubs off. so much room. I think Julius Randle, most most bigs in today's age need to be able to stretch the floor, but as long as he can play with a big who can stretch the floor, Julius Randle is arguably the most physical player in the NBA. And there was one thing he mentioned in his exit interview with the Lakers after this year that he spoke with Kobe Bryant before this past year, and Kobe told him, Basically, like you don't need to work so much on the outside shot. Just get a move and be so good at that particular move that it doesn't matter whoever's guarding you. If they know it's coming, they cannot stop you. And that's really what he's done with just attacking the rim and being physical with whoever's guarding him. And there, 
is maybe one or two players in the NBA that can match his physicality. But I think playing next to Anthony Davis, he is going to have such a great season. Yeah. I love this signing for the Pelicans. I agree. I like Julius Randle right now better than DeMarcus Cousins, especially with Cousins coming off this Achilles injury. This is such a good signing for the New Orleans Pelicans. I, I couldn't agree with you more about that last statement and guaranteeing that I think this makes the Pelicans better. And they did that playoff run last year without DeMarcus Cousins. The whole run that they had in the second half of the season without DeMarcus Cousins. They went and got Miritich to make up the blow in regards to production. And now they still have Miritich, and they just added Julius Randle. So in reality, in my mind, run it back. They're going to do yeah. very they well They don't year. have Rondo anymore. But yeah. still, I think they got off holiday. Yeah. I got you know I think they I think they're doing a lot better and I think it's a smart move and the Pelicans are and definitely get the rich get richer right now in my opinion. Um, Zach Levine to the Bulls four years seventy eight million dollars. Uh, the Kings put out the offer sheet for him and the Bulls had two days to match that. They did indeed and they had the money to mess around with. I think it's a really smart move on the Bulls. To retain him, I think an even smarter move on Zach Levine to go out and do what the Nets yeah. the Nets have been doing the past couple of years, going and getting some stupid deal from someone else, just saying, all right, if you guys want to keep me, here's the number. And they kind of have to. And you know that your team's in a good position in regards to cap space with with you, and or sorry, without you. And at that point, they forced their hand now it didn't have the bulls couldn't wait while free agents kind of filtered in and out zach levine said i'm gonna go make my money i'm gonna go make it now i'm gonna go be a sacramento king who cares bulls said all right sounds good we got two days now to make this decision they had to pay him four years 78 million corbin it was pretty quick i remember too when they reported that he got the offer and that they had yeah they matched it i agree do you guys think this is a stretch not too much but just a little bit what do you think corbin in terms of if he got overpaid yep yeah, he, he definitely did, but it's not surprising. I I was pretty confident that some team was going to pay Zach Levine last. Hey, when he when he's healthy, he plays at very well. He played he plays pretty well. He defensively, he's a pretty big liability. Offensively, yeah, he can stretch the floor, shoot. He's very athletic. Last season, I know he was coming back from his torn ACL, but when he did play last season, he had more missed shots than, I believe it was, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks combined. He's a good scorer, but he just really doesn't do much else for you. Um, He's overpaid, but the Bulls... The the Bulls are kind of like... he was the centerpiece, really. Of that, that exactly. I would say the Bulls. So the Bulls have no identity. They have to yeah, you stick can't with lose him. him for nothing after one year. I agree. You have to stick with him. That's the only guy that's going to yeah. be appealable right now. Uh, let's talk one of the most surprising signings of this offseason. Tony Parker to the Hornets, two years, ten million dollars. After sixteen plus years with the Spurs. Oh my God! It's I can't even really think about it or say it right. Tony Parker is yes, a Hornet. Yes. Tony Parker is a Hornet. It's going to be weird seeing him in a different uniform. Immediately when I heard that he signed with the Hornets, the thought that popped into my head was, does this change anything with the Kawhi Leonard situation? Because there was that... uh, Tony Parker's come out and said that him and Kawhi Leonard have had no problems and that it was all the media playing it up. But, I mean, we heard what Tony Parker said, and it's understandable for Kawhi Leonard to be angry after hearing that. So... I don't know. We'll see. I haven't heard any reports as far as anything changing on Kawhi Leonard's end with Tony Parker not being no, there. No, it, it doesn't. But, it doesn't affect it at all. Yeah, I've read. Mo- I read multiple Tony quotes. Parker leaving the Spurs. That's just. It's so strange. I thought he'd be a Spur for life, just like Tim. We Duncan all. We all did. Ginobili. That whole 
just those three. They were like the triplets. The but, that, but that's what we keep chiming on, Corbin, about how the Spurs aren't the same anymore and how Popovich isn't – it's not necessarily him, but his time may be running out. And well, obviously yeah. they don't have the same – Spurs kind of mentality there anymore. It's a slightly different, and they're actually doing decent with the draft. They got Murray, they got Lonnie Walker. You know, Lamarcus Aldridge is a very interesting piece there. But you know, Pau Gasol is coming towards the end of his run. And, you know, and a lot of this team, the core that they had is rather now retired or retiring. And yeah, I think Popovich is going to leave too. And I think Tony Parker, a guy who only has a few more years left in his career. At that point, you just say, all right, he's just going to ride out the last, what, couple year or two left of Spurs' success and then maybe might have to be there for like one year of, you know, bringing in a young guy and mentoring more and doing that kind of thing. Maybe, but regardless, he's going to end as a Spur, get his jersey retired, probably, you know, in the Hall of Fame, all of that stuff. But at this point, he even sees that with whatever years he has left in his career, it's not worth it to be there. It's worth it to jump ship and not even go for a, a team that is guaranteeing you a playoff berth, guaranteeing no, you a run. This is a Hornets Tony team. Parker, though, Parker could be the starting point guard. Kemba Walker, there's a lot of talk about if he's going to be traded somewhere, he has one year left on his deal. So, Well, this is, a two, a, this is a two-year deal. I think they're looking yeah. past Kemba Walker. Yeah, um, no, I think Kemba, I mean, unless the Hornets give him a max deal this upcoming offseason, but... Um, yeah, and then as far as Popovich is concerned, he's got a commitment to coach Team USA basketball in the Olympics in 2020. I think he coaches two more years in the NBA, coaches in the Olympics, and then he's done and yeah, taps off I what I think was the best coach in NBA history. Yeah, and I, I don't really think it's even close. You look at the talent that he had and what he did with that talent versus coaches like Phil Jackson and Red Auerbach. Um, just an amazing career for Popovich. I agree. It's just going to be weird to think of Tony Parker elsewhere. Let's think yeah. of a guy who's been bouncing around the league, causing issues for a long time, Dwight Howard, um, getting traded to the Nets in a trade for Mozgov and you know them taking on that salary, them agreeing to a buyout and him now leaving to sign with the Washington Wizards, two years, $11 million dollars. And I want to hear your guys' thoughts on Dwight Howard, and then I want to hear your thoughts on Dwight Howard's fit with the Wizards. Uh, Christian, I'll start with you. I'm not very high on him for a multitude of Laker reasons, um, <laughs> but uh, I can't wait to see what drama that he causes. He's kind of like the uh, like the really uh, bitchy friend like in the group, like just going to stir up trouble. So uh, Maybe he does well. Maybe he reshapes his career, but he's a clown and a joke. So now, what about their fit with the Wizards, Christian? I mean, he helps. He he is talented. Like he plays well, but yeah, he'll, he'll actually he'll catch all I mean, of they, John they, Wall's missed shots. So it could actually <laughs> work out perfectly. So. I mean, they did lose Marcin Gortat uh, in a trade, bringing Austin Rivers from the Clippers. So there is a vacancy at center. Yes, and I do think this is actually the best move besides Capella that the Wizards could have done. I really think the Wizards would have been a really interesting fit for Capella, and that's really out of the question now with you know Dwight Howard going there. That was the only team in my mind that I considered kind of a good fit slash sleeper for Capella if it wasn't going to be the Rockets, but it's just not going to work out. Dwight Howard, I think he's going to be fun to watch. He His numbers are there. They actually still are, and I know that he's the complete anti-modern NBA big, but still, like he puts up the numbers. It's just that everywhere he goes, he causes issues and gets ran out of there, or he runs out. And it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of every single article I read, 
there's some sort of negative thing about Dwight Howard. And regardless of the positive things that you can pull out, something's negative about him, and he rubs off on everybody the wrong way. And Kobe wanted to fight him. Yeah, Kobe wanted him out. Everybody ran him out, and it's just, I don't know, every team that he gets on, it just seemed like, okay, like he's going to actually help them with production, but is it worth taking on such a cancerous teammate? And usually the answer is no. So I would say the answer would always is going to be no as he continues to get older and not as productive on the and court. And can't shoot three-pointers. But, yeah, three and he's not in a very modern NBA big. But I think right now Dwight Howard to the Wizards is a good fit if you're not going to go after Capella. And it's a good fit for him. He's actually going to start and be exciting with some lobs from, you know, John Wall. And he can actually probably total up a lot of rebounds with how high-powered the offense is on the Wizards. But it, what's interesting is going to be how he can actually help them defensively. So I think Dwight Howard here at this point in his career – a two-year deal, $11 million. He's already getting the money from the buyout. Uh, he's on cloud nine right now, but I think Dwight Howard actually landed in a pretty good situation. Corbin, what are your take? what's your take on Dwight Howard? Yeah, Dwight Howard as a basketball player can absolutely still produce. Last year, he had kind of a bounce-back year. I think he averaged yeah. around it was like 17 points, 13 rebounds. So you look at those numbers, and you would think you'd get a lot more than just $5.5 million per year, but his just whatever it is with him not being able to fit in with his teammates you've heard like horror stories with the Atlanta Hawks when he was traded from the Hawks to the Hornets how their locker room actually cheered when they heard about it and similar stuff with the Hornets when he was traded away from there so I mean and even more on that with the Warriors they were considering trying to go after Dwight Howard after his buyout with the Nets. But that, but that, that goes to what Christian always says about culture fit. That would have been yeah. the complete anti-Warrior. I would have loved that because I want the Warriors to dissolve. To, to destruct from within. Yeah. No, but that, that talks about <laughs> just how, how big of a distraction he is to a locker room for the Warriors, who have the most stable franchise in the NBA right now. For them to even question if they'd be able to handle him, that talks just to how bad he is for a locker room. And now he's going to the Wizards where, yeah, they just traded Marcin Gortat. Part of the reason why they traded Gortat, one, he's not producing the way that he used to, and they were able to get Austin Rivers who can come in and contribute off the bench. But Gortat, John Wall, it was very clear that they did not like each other. They had beefs with each other even publicly on Twitter last year. You're taking out Gortat, but now you're bringing in a center who is even a bigger problem. So... We're going to have to see how that unfolds between him and John Wall. But I was I was surprised to see the Wizards obviously drafting Troy Brown in the first round. Like we said yeah. during our draft recap, stupid pick. And I think they could have traded back and gotten a guy like Robert Williams, who would have been less of an issue, regardless of his off-the-court issues and how he might be an annoyance in the locker room. Maybe it's not even we're close to Dwight Howard, who's a myth at this point you know teams are just like i've heard these tales i've heard these stories this this warlock one time told me about you know dwight howard trying to cross the bridge you know it was just everything well, they also didn't used to shoot threes at the five it's back. it's bad uh, dwight howard well, if it's if really it's talked about like that you stay away that's really kind of in my opinion robert williams so there was a report that uh he missed his introductory yeah. press conference yeah. with the celtics because he overslept and then i think the first summer league practice, he yeah, missed that he as did. well because he overslept. So I. But then, but then the, Williams but then the Celtics, but then the Celtics signed him to a contract after that. So I don't think that affected yeah. it very much. 
Um, no, but you still have to have concerns. Oh, definitely. I mean, but then again, that's a guy that should have been a lottery pick that you got yeah. on the tail end of the first yeah, round, no, so mean, you, you chalk up your risk. losses. There's a necessary risk to take with him. Celtics can take a lot of risk. Yeah, and I think if the Wizards are willing to take a Dwight Howard-sized risk, you take the, the not-so-much-risk to move back, gain a future pick or something along those lines, get rid of a contract, and then go after a guy that would probably add the same amount of production for longer and not be an issue. But let's move on. Uh, that's really our free agent edition part of this podcast. Well, we have a, we just have a couple. Really, really quickly, really quickly, just one more thing that broke just a few minutes ago while we're recording this. So Luke Richard Mbamute has signed a one-year deal with the Clippers. I know he's not a huge name, but just that's another starting forward. Breaking for news from gone. Corbin. Breaking uh, news. I said breaking news from Corbin. Right. I, already, I tweeted it out for us too. So Ooh. check our Twitter, guys. Check <laughs> our Twitter. But all right, so that we know, of course, there's other signings that happened. We just kind of wanted to highlight the main ones: people staying, people leaving, the money that's floating around, the money that may not be floating around. But we have a couple last topics to just run through. Uh, Jimmy Butler, who we're talking extensions here, he really has no intention of signing an extension with the Timberwolves. He apparently is quote unquote fed up with Carl Anthony Towns. How he goes about his game, the I guess the culture really in Minnesota, he just really has no intention of re-signing. I want to hear if you guys have any thoughts on that quickly because that's a marquee player right there. And if he already says he has no intention of signing, do you see maybe a trade looming with you know them at least trying to get some sort of yield back for him? I think that might be something to keep an eye out for. If not, Jimmy Butler won't be in Minnesota very long. I think I understand Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler had to go to junior college before he got a Division One offer. He was drafted at 30th overall. So he's someone who's a self-made. He's someone who's a dog. He's had to work. So when you have Andrew Wiggins who won't even attempt to learn defense <laughs> right. and you have Carl Anthony Towns who's up playing Fortnite till 4 o'clock in the morning <laughs> and you have Jimmy Butler who's and, someone who's probably does, in the gym already. What team he's playing tomorrow? Carl Anthony. That is that is that's egregious. I don't even want that's some Jr. Smith level buffoonery. I don't even want to get into that. But you you either need to have a complete culture change. You need to bring them in and be actual parents, or you need to get Jimmy Butler out of there because all of the things that he is saying, he will leave if things do not change. So. You either get him out of there and get some assets back, or you slap Car Anthony Towns in the face and ask him to act like an adult who makes millions of dollars. Yeah, I mean, a guy who should be a star of this franchise, not driving away other stars that are coming to win. And Just they made the adult. playoffs for the first time in how long? Last season, and you already have the one guy who pretty much came and made that happen, already trying to skip town. That says a lot about the guys that you currently have there. It's not one star, it's both of your stars. Yeah, Wiggins, too. You got you definitely got to jump ship on him. Uh, Corbin, quick thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're going to try to do whatever they can to mend the relationship and get him to sign that extension. But if he hasn't signed it, then the season starts and they're getting closer and closer to the trade deadline. You've got to think Timberwolves are going to try to get something for him because... Even without him, they're still a good team, and if they can get at least good pieces back, obviously they're not going to get anyone close to Jimmy Butler's caliber in return. But um, get yeah, any they, get they anything cannot, back for him, just like they the Spurs. Cannot lose him for nothing. Just like the Spurs with Kawhi, don't lose him for nothing. You get yeah. whatever you can, and you know the Lakers will be ready with the phone and assets. <laughs> Magic Johnson's <laughs> willing to do that. Magic um, smiling in the corner. Hey, hey, hey. We got uh, one last topic to talk about, kind of a sad ending, but something we had to bring up. Uh, Tyler Honeycutt, ex-UCLA player, ex-Sacramento King, uh, currently playing overseas. 
He uh, dies with a run-in with police. Uh, his mother called police after acting erratically, quote-unquote. And, you know, apparently when they showed up, he started shooting at police. They shot back. Uh, it was a shootout within the street until eventually he passed away, died. And it's very sad, but something we just had to report. Uh, I know a lot of people on Twitter were commenting on our tweet and, you know, asking us questions more about details. We don't necessarily know the details. We just felt the obligation to report that for you guys and with as much as that we, we knew. So rest in peace to a member of the NBA family. Once a member, always a member. So uh, rest in peace to Tyler Honeycutt. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning into episode 29, our free agent edition podcast. Uh, I had a ton of fun today, guys. I hope you guys did too. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Thank you so much to freeagentsonly.com. And, of course, thank you, Christian, for always being with us. And, Corbin, uh, so much fun with you as always. Wanted to hear if you guys have any last words. I just want to thank LeBron James personally to sign into the Lakers (laughs) on my 23rd birthday, the number that you will wear for the Lakers. I just think that that's like the the stars aligning and just, just, oh, my God. My girlfriend's extremely into astrology. She always talks about the planets retrograding. I think LeBron and Christian were like retrograding. A year ago, as soon as someone mentioned LeBron to the Lakers, I was like, you know, that makes a lot of sense because you know just in his business life i feel like lebron and magic you know that just aligns perfectly i've always saw it i spoke into existence I, and i remember christian saying uh this was weeks 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 before saying just please on the first day of free agency aka my birthday please just sign with the lakers and his yeah, you, you think he saw your team? i, I honestly 100 someone in his camp was like ag we gotta make this i, happen. I think like, this was unwrapped responsibility christian so I, i'm gonna tell my kids that i actively was involved in recruiting LeBron James to the Lakers. I can say that, and I have physical proof. So, uh. <laughs> any any last words <laughs> from you, Corbin? Uh, just this was another really fun podcast. The NBA offseason, like we've said, it's unlike any other pro sports offseason. There's it used to be like at least once you get into like August, then that's kind of the dead period for a month. But last offseason, Kyrie Irving traded in August. I'm sure there's probably going to be some sort of a trade that and happens in August. Maybe a Kawhi Leonard or Jimmy Butler trade. So both the Lakers. Be, but I know we're going to be here to talk about it. We love you guys tuning in to listen. So thank you guys again. Yeah, and thank you again to our sponsor, FreeAgentsOnly.com. Please keep an eye out for them launching in a few weeks uh, and, and get in the game. Uh, so just thank you guys again. Please listen to our podcast on the Apple Podcast app. You can also find us on SoundCloud. Please follow us on Twitter at NBA Unwrap. You can follow me on Twitter at Perry Aston. Follow Christian on Twitter at McGowan75 and Corbin on Twitter at CorbinMRPK. Thank you guys again, and we'll see you next time.